Hello and welcome back to Motorsport this week. Today I'm joined by Jez and Alex as per usual and we're going to go over the Australian GP. So, can't absolute carnage of a race, you know, another win for Verstappen, Lewis and Fernando following closely behind on the podium. You know, the first, I believe it's the first uh, time three world champions have been on the podium since Hungary 2018. You know, George, you know, George Russell had a brilliant race until he, until that Mercedes crapped itself on the main straight lot. So, Alex, I know you're a big Mercedes fan. So, what do you think of all that, all all the debacle that went on this weekend? Well, first of all, I think Hamilton had a great weekend, didn't he? Just all around, I think he, he showed good race pace during the uh, the race itself. And obviously, I think Russell was very unlucky during the race uh, with the safety car coming out, and then he just, I don't understand why that red flag come out after. They put the safety car out first. And I think, as I said before, Russell and Sainz dropping back. So yeah. it was unfortunate for Russell, but it was good to see Hamilton. And then I'd say the three best drivers on the grid on the podium as well. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Jez, what are your thoughts? Another another Red Bull win. You know, uh, they look to be running away with the championship. I mean, you can't really stop that Red Bull car, can you? It's, uh, it's an absolute rocket ship. I mean, Max showed again why he he is the best driver on the grid. I think we can all agree right now he's the best driver <laughs> on the grid. And I know there's, there's a little bit of bias from your side, Lewis, being a Mercedes fanboy, but we know, like, give, given the machinery, Max Verstappen is the best driver on the grid. And he showed it again, just breezing past uh, Hamilton uh, on on the run through up to, is it turn 10, I think? Yeah, where, I he think. Made, where he made the pass. Yeah, just absolutely breezed past him. That's a bit uh, of a weird spot for an overtake. Yeah, you know, was... I know you didn't watch the race, but I'm not. Joking. He was back, He was ahead of Hamilton before the corner. It was <laughs> yeah. like it was that. That's how much like power in that Red Bull that they have. It was so easy. <laughs> yeah, absolute <laughs> joke. But yeah, I mean, apart from Verstappen, but oh, I was gonna say control in the race. Obviously, he didn't have the the start or like the, the opening phase of the race that he wanted. But it was it was an absolute mess for the. For the rest of the grid, I mean, those, I mean, Alex has already alluded to it. The red flags really maybe weren't necessary at times, but they really did change up the entire race. And Definitely. those last few, those last few laps after the, after the Magnuson uh, tire failure, could you call it a tire failure? <laughs> uh, that, that, that red flag sequence and then the, the race restart after that absolute carnage. Um, I'm gutted that I didn't get to watch it live, but watching the watching the replays back, it, I I know I missed out on a very very good race. Fair enough, fair enough. Obviously, you know Ferrari. I've had another you know Ferrari weekend. I think am I right in saying Charles Leclerc binned it on a lap one into the gravel trap, and then Carlos Sainz got a penalty for uh, crashing with Fernando. I think it's very harsh to say that Leclerc spun it out. <laughs> strong, yeah. <laughs> Flipped the back of him, and then obviously he's in the gravel trap. So he, so to say that it was Leclerc's fault is a bit harsh. In terms of science, I think it was unlucky. Like because I know considering we did just take out uh, Alonso at the race, the race restart, five seconds felt it did feel a bit harsh considering like the cars were going to be bunched up at the end of the race. I do, I think he was a bit unlucky, but it, I'd, I'd say it was a penalty for science. Obviously, there's a bit of a discussion around that apparently. Definitely, definitely, and you know, as a as a 
you know, Ferrari fan, Ferrari being my second team. It's just absolutely depressing to see Nico Hulkenberg <laughs> in a hat ahead of Charles Leclerc, the star boy. You know what I mean? And and it's like it's just been a, been a crap weekend as a Ferrari fan. I mean, what what can you do? It's just Ferrari being Ferrari. I mean, okay, yeah, there's a little bit of luck that didn't go their way. Obviously, as Alex said, Leclerc was tagged from behind, beach in the gravel, nothing that he could do about that. The science penalty, again, really unlucky. But with that Ferrari being, you know, Ferrari, it shouldn't really be like having to be, having to overtake Nico Hulkenberg in the first place to get back up into the, like the podium contention, for example, uh, it's it's very weird for Ferrari. Uh, obviously, we've got this break now until Baku, where the last time they went to Baku, both cars had to retire with a engine failure and a brake failure. Uh, I think, from a neutral point of view, I hope neither of those happen because I'd love to see a good race. But I, wor- I worry, I worry for the for the straight line speed down at Baku. <laughs> For everyone else except the Red Bull, because uh, that could be uh, that could be curtains for anyone down that main street. Well, you know, you know what's going to happen at Baku. We can all get our ropes up. You know, the team's having a month after. You know, go back to the factory and you know go back to the drawing board. But you know what's going to happen. Uh, Red Bull one two, and um, you know I want to talk about the double DNF that occurred. With the Alpines, I, I I didn't watch the race, so I can't sit like I can't say I was I was witness to it. But you know, I saw Gasly. Gasly was having a tremendous race up in P five. What what went on there? I was what I watched it live, and I think at the time the the commentators did seem a bit 50-50 on whose fault it was. I think Arcon, uh, not Arcon, sorry, Gasly didn't get the greatest of starts on the restart. And then he's come back across the track and he's just not seen Arcon to the right of him. He's just clipped him into the wall. Uh, and obviously, we've spoken about the last few weeks about them two getting on. Are they going to be able to do it when they're on track? And like obviously now you're going to see people like saying, oh, they can't get on, they're going to fall out. And then I don't know if you guys saw as well on um, Alpine's Twitter, they had a video of them two sat and they look very awkward together. And they're saying about, they, they put on Twitter like a race debrief or uh, something along those lines. And I think to say that it was mainly one driver's fault is a bit harsh, but obviously the media are going to bring up this uh, every week now, I'd imagine, to say that they're not going to get on. Definitely, definitely. So going on from Formula 1, talking about Formula 2, I, I, I'm i going to butcher this name, but Ayumu Awasa, <laughs> I, I don't know how to say this guy, how, how to say this name, but... um. He survived the carnage that occurred down under to become the first multiple race winner of the 2023 season. Awasa climbed the top step of the podium, close, followed closely by our star boy, Teo Porcher, and his teammate uh, at Doors Racing Team. Uh, Dams. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, um, yeah, it looks like it's going to be an interesting season for Formula 2. Obviously, Teo Porcher following following um, Awasa in the championship. I believe he's second in the championship now. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, 
it will it will it will be a, a good season. Obviously, um, it was a, a bit of luck, I think, for Arthur Leclerc that he ended up on the podium because the person that was in P three was Dennis, Dennis Hauger in the MP Motorsport car, and he got tagged from behind by Victor Martins when they went to do a, a safety car restart, which is obviously far from ideal for him. Uh, and obviously, a little bit of luck went Leclerc's way, but take nothing away from it. Wasa, it was a it was a very, very good drive. And I think I've, I think I mentioned this uh, like on one of our very early podcasts that Iwasa could be in for a shout for an F1 seat because he is a he is a really, really good young driver. And obviously, similar to with Sonoda, he's backed by backed by Honda, who for now are still with Red Bull. Maybe I know in the future they're going to move to Ford. There, maybe there's a little bit of connection with Honda down the line. Who knows? But... Iwasa leading the championship now. He could well he could be in for a, a potential shout at the at an AlphaTauri seat if De, if Nick DeVries can't really perform. Because Sonoda has been doing well in the AlphaTauri in the first three races. P eleven, P eleven, P ten, I believe it was for Sonoda in these first three races, and that AlphaTauri is not a good car. So Sonoda's been doing a decent job. Maybe maybe Iwasa. Maybe there's a shout for Iwasa to get into that. Uh, Alpha Tauri seat in the future, maybe. Uh, am I right in thinking that Nick DeVries only has a one year contract with Alpha? I'm not quite sure. I can, can double check that for you. <laughs> he was very unlucky this weekend on the race restart. Sergeant just took him completely out, didn't he? Going into turn yeah. one at Lewis. And he didn't get a penalty for it, which was a bit of a mystery as to why not. <laughs> yeah, that was really, really weird. Like, science, science got a penalty, yeah, for, for tagging Alonso. And Nick DeVries did, well, no, Logan Sargent did pretty much the exact same thing on that same lap and left them both in the gravel. I mean, I'm not quite sure why the steward didn't even bother investigating it or even noting it down. But, yeah, I mean, it looks like, it looks like, from what I've seen here, Nick DeVries is only there for 2023. Ooh, if if what I've read is correct. It could be interesting to see, you know, if he if he performs well, then obviously he'll keep his seat. But, you know, it could be interesting to see if we get anyone, if we get anyone else. Maybe, maybe someone else in, you know, a one-off drive. But, um, yeah, talking about, going back to talking about F1, could we see, you know, a Spanish civil war you know, brewing between Carlos and Alonso because they they seem to be coming coming together and coming into conflict quite a lot over these uh, past few races. So, Alex, I want to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, well, I, I, if Alonso is annoyed with science for the other day, then I don't really understand why. Consider it wasn't it was science fault, but then he got his podium back anyway. So all, it was all happy days in the <laughs> end. Um, and I'd imagine as the season goes on, maybe they might come together a lot more. But science, it's his icon, isn't it? He said uh, before, so ho- he'll be hoping that that doesn't come to uh, come to be you there know, happen, because he would not be too happy if Alonso um, just start, uh, starts to dislike him as the season goes on. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So overall, it's been a good weekend for the Formula Series. Uh, in F3, the first time they went down under, uh, Borta, oh my God, I'm going to butcher this name again. Bortoletto made it two on the track as he won the uh, Australian GP, followed closely to the podium steps 
by Gregory Saucy and Gabrielle Mini. But um, yeah, I don't know if any of you watched the F3 race. I certainly didn't, but it's good. It's good to see that, you know, these younger drivers are getting, you know, as much experience on these uh, grade one tracks. But yeah, you know, as I said, it's it's been a good weekend for the Formula Formula Series. So going on to talking about MotoGP, Bezeki claimed his maiden win, maiden win for him and his team. He actually uh, races for the Valentino Rossi uh, team. So Alex, I know you're a big MotoGP fan. What do you think about all that? I mean, I, I did. I can't say I watched the race this weekend, but I, obviously, I know Valentino Rossi. So I guess it's uh, it's interesting to see that sort of team doing well. Am I right in saying Quattararo again had a bit of a poor weekend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Manuela had a absolute stinker of a weekend. But to be fair, it was you know raining hard. So you know. So what went wrong? What's going wrong with Quattararo so far this season? I was two races, and he's not really been up there, whereas last year he was like a contender for the championship, or did he no, not know? I, I honestly can't tell you. All I know is Banyaya had an absolute stinker of a weekend as he crashed uh, on lap 17. Uh, well, he didn't crash, he you know, he slid off his Ducati in the, in the penultimate corner, but, you know, he went from he went from the podium places to, to all the way down in 16th, so he didn't score a single point. But um, I think I think Mark Marquez is gonna return at the uh, what when's uh what's the next Grand Prix the Spanish one? I'll probably Spanish, yep. Professional, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, a Spanish hope, one. Hopefully, there's you know a bit of a total fight between you know Quattararo, Banyoya, and Mark Marquez because you know Banyoya won last week's race, but he didn't score a single point. Uh, in this week's race, so hopefully there's a bit of a total fight brewing. I'm going to say this at the start of the season, but you know I'm going to come back to this in you know six, seven months time, where when you know Banyaya's won the championship by a country mile. So, Jez, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, quite similarly to Alex, I I didn't I didn't get to watch the MotoGP race. I didn't get to watch most of the the race in action this weekend because. Uh, other commitments took over, but uh, from the highlights that I saw, uh, very treacherous conditions uh, in Argentina. Uh, obviously, that that moment for Banyaya where he slid off, could he was pressuring was it Bezeki for the for the race win for the yeah, majority yeah. of the race, and then he slides off his bike. Obviously, Alex Marquez by then was already in second place, but uh, was it Frankie Morbidelli? I think it was that was. Uh, challenging Banyaya for third place on that podium and eventually he did get it because Banyaya slipped off it's a very unfortunate for the for the defended champ but the, from what I've read that Ducati is a very very fast bike and uh, it, it, it sounds similar to what Red Bull are doing like I mean it's only you'd, you'd imagine it's a, a one race blip like you'd expect him to be back at the front winning races again kind of like what Red Bull were doing last year yeah, definitely. Just a, just a mini blip. That he'll he'll soon come back, and like you said, hopefully we get somewhat of a title fight this season. But I, personally, I don't see it happening. Banyo, as I said before, Banyo is going to win it by a country mile. So 
Moving on from MotoGP, obviously we had the NASCAR returning this weekend with a Toyota Owners 400. These The NASCAR races have the weirdest names, but um, <laughs> it went down yesterday as of recording this. Uh, Cole Larson came home to win yesterday's race and uh, with Josh Berry and Ross Chastain finishing behind him. Personally, I like watching NASCAR, but, you know, the commentary puts me off. You know, as I said last week, it's like, you know, watching golf. I know I, I know, Alex likes watching NASCAR, so Alex, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I've watched one race, uh, so <laughs> it was I did enjoy watching it. Um, yeah, I agree with you in terms of the commentary. I think we said last week there was two laps to go in uh, Texas, and they almost like just saying they weren't bothered, whereas the race restart at Melbourne said so it was literally the yeah. perfect example. I said last week, didn't I, if Crofty is a safety car restart, I know it was a red flag, whatever, but like he's hyping it up, you know, he's getting you excited to watch it. There's two laps to go and they're, um, you know, literally he's like, oh, William Byron, not William Byron, uh, Tyler Reddick uh, takes the lead, retains the lead and that. I don't know if you guys did see though, um, I think Bell took out Byron, I think it was only a few laps to go on one of the race restarts and then they just uh, put it down as a race incident, but it was very similar in the in a way to what happened with Science and Alonso. So obviously, I'd imagine uh, from what I've watched from NASCAR, they're not as strict on penalties. Do you think that could be something that like F1 could be a, a little bit less strict in terms of what how they give out the penalties? Um, I th I just think it's all for TV. You know what I mean? Like obviously NASCAR's got a very big audience over in America, and they're you know been have been focused on providing entertainment for TV. And I think F F1 is starting to go down that route because, you know, bringing up Abu Dhabi 2021, you know, that, that was for TV. And to be honest, I don't blame them. It's the uh, first time in a while that a race has been given to Channel 4 uh, for everyone to watch for free. You know, Skull Sports F1, we know how bad Skull Sports are with you know TV coverage and everything and being the you know stingiest company ever, but um you know it's for TV and I believe F one is you know taking 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 something from NASCAR in that aspect because we saw it we saw it this weekend uh, the red flag with you know two laps to go what what is the point in that why not you know finish under finish under a safety car but you know it's been it's been tossed around the word's been tossed around a lot nascar officiating does you know does suck and you know i think that's something we're going to have to deal with in f1 as uh, as the years go on and as a uh, you know audience expands jez any opinions well i mean you you pretty much now you pretty much nailed it there because it's it's more of a it's becoming more of a a TV series now, F one. Like yeah. we can we can use we can use this this race as examples. Like they pick they pick and choose which penalties to give out. Like science, for example, gets tagged gets a five second penalty, but we've already discussed that. Maybe it was a little bit harsh. Sergeant does the exact same thing. Nothing, nothing happens. Gasly and knock on, that would be a normal that'd be a normal uh five second penalty for or a, a grid drop for Gasly. In the in the next race, I, I personally think it was Gasly's fault because he didn't obviously didn't see Ocon there, but they didn't bother investigating because they deemed it to be a racing incident on what would have been a restart, so they were treating it like lap one. 
but they didn't give a penalty for Gasly there, but they gave one for Sainz and they didn't give one for Sargent. The, the, the consistency, we've, we've spoke about this a lot, about FIA not being consistent in giving out penalties or not giving out penalties. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, there's, I know you. I know you're laughing. You've got a pretty, <laughs> pretty good uh, card that you love to pull out every time. I'm not going to say it again, but uh, I think people know which card I'm on about. But uh, yeah, it's they maybe could learn something from NASCAR because I remember they uh, disqualified a car and a team completely after they were they were found to be breaking the rules, and there were lots of I think I can't remember which team it was and when it was, but I know it was last year. Um, lots of people took to Twitter to think maybe the FIA should do the same for Red Bull. They should strip of strip Max of the championship because of the cost cap scandal and punish Red Bull for that. But they're not going to do that because that because Max has brought in a lot it's of fans. For TV. It's for TV. It is, it, it, it is, it's now it's now an entertainment rather than rather than the business now. Like in terms in terms of that, so. Maybe they could maybe they could take a few things from NASCAR, but I think overall, just across all motorsports, the the officiating and the the stewarding is terrible. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> if you think back to fifteen years ago, when it, am I right in saying it's McLaren that got caught spying in Ferrari, a spying on Ferrari, yeah. that whole you know uh, Spygate scandal? Am I right in saying that they got disqualified from the championship? The teams try the team like the constructor championship they got disqualified yeah. from, but the so, drivers still were still there. So why didn't anything like that happen to Red Bull? It as I said, it's all it's all for TV, and you know credit where credit's due. Max Verstappen is one of the best drivers we this generation is going to see, and I can see why so many you know young people are looking. But what what annoys me about his championships is. He hasn't won a championship fairly, you know. Abu Dhabi twenty twenty one, the arguably the <laughs> arguably the biggest Mickey Mouse moment in sporting history, and going on to twenty twenty two, the cost cap scandal coming out, you know, it's it's just it's just you know not very nice to see. But you know enough about that IndyCar, you know IndyCar return this weekend. Joseph Newgarden won the race. Obviously, Jess is our, you know, resident IndyCar expert. Take it away, Jess. Well, it's an absolutely cracking race. I'll tell you that. Uh, if you put if you put the 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 three races that we had, or four races if you include the NASCAR race, yeah, the the F one Grand Prix, the MotoGP Grand Prix, the NASCAR and IndyCar, I would arguably say that the IndyCar race at Texas Motor Speedway was the best because they had over one thousand overtakes. There was 1,000 overtakes in this race, or over 1,000. I think the exact number was 1,070, but it was an absolutely thrilling race. There was a one point where Pato Award in the uh, Aaron McLaren car lapped everybody except for Joseph Newgarden, who was in second place. He lapped the entire field except for Joseph Newgarden, which was a mammoth drive because in IndyCar, especially on the oval tracks, there's a route, there's at least 25 cars going round at once to for him to lap everyone except second place was magnificent but timing the the timings were not great for him because 
say well they don't call it safety car they call it a caution period in in indycar i think it's similar to nascar where they chuck out the the double wave yellows which means everyone has to slow down and regroup to bunch the pack pato award fell victim to those a couple of times and especially uh, on the final two laps of the race roman grosjean was running in p5 he, he could have been on for a podium finish but he crashed out uh on the penultimate lap which brought out the caution and Pato Award was right on the tail of Newgarden to essentially take the victory off him on the final lap, just like Newgarden did in 2022. But with the caution and the fact that they were crossing the line to go on to the final lap, there was no way for Award to make the move on Newgarden. But with that being said, Joseph Newgarden drove brilliantly well. It's his third victory, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, at the Texas Motor Speedway. Uh, it was it was named the PPG 375. That's a sponsor, the sponsor event. And Joseph Newgarden was driving the PPG sponsored Chevy. Uh, he did, he put, he put the brand on the top step as he does quite often at Texas. And yeah, it was a, an absolute masterclass from him and an absolute masterclass from Pato Award. Probably could have won it, maybe should have, but luck didn't fall his way. Alex Polo, the 2021 IndyCar champion, finished third in that race. But yeah, if you ever get a chance to, uh, watch it back. I know IndyCar do 30-minute race highlights. I was watching that. 30-minute, uh, minute, yeah. They do 30-minute race highlights, which is fantastic to watch. So if, if either of you get a chance to watch that race back, it was absolutely phenomenal. But yeah, the, Joseph Newgarden is my favourite driver, so I'm quite happy that he won that. And hopefully, hopefully, he can mount a title charge this season to win his third title. Hopefully. Oh, unfortunately, that's all we have time for for today. But um, we got a very special guest coming on next week. I'm not going to announce who it is, just to you know, <laughs> top secret. But we should be bringing you that uh, that next week if all goes well. So that's all we have time for today. So it's been been great, you know, having you guys. So bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>